Hello and welcome to the Fan Fiction Book Club podcast, a weekly podcast that explores the good, the bad, and the cringy of fan fiction. Hosted by me, T-Stan, and my lovely co-host, Poppy. Hi. Ollie. Hey. And SG. hey Every month, we scour the internet to bring you four different fanfic reads, and our theme this month is Phantom of the Opera. Check out our website at fanfictionbookclub.com, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fanfictionados for the full lineup of stories for the month, and to connect with us on the web. The fanfic we are discussing this week is Unrequited Love, Blame Assumptions, by Ace Sama on Archive of Our Own. This work was written uh, in 2017 and is a little over 23,000 words. Included in the tags are alternate universe, modern setting, asexual character, antique shop AU, maskless Eric, kid Meg freeform, and my favorite, polyamory. <laughs> Summary is blinking. Raoul noticed that the man was holding up a little girl in his arms. The girl, Meg, was perhaps eight or nine and had long blonde hair that was pinned up and wore a flower pattern short and a t-shirt with a music note on it. She was probably the man's daughter. Hmm, bummer. Why did the hot ones always have to be married? Basically, this is a story where Christine and Raoul are together, but meet Eric, who they think is married because he had Meg with him. The story goes on with them falling in love, but Christine and Raoul think Eric's married, while Eric thinks that the two are in love with a married man, something he is not. Wow, that's just literally the entire plot yeah, the right entire there. Plot. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so my work is done. See you guys next week. So bye. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, are you going to make uh, the notes? Uh, no. <laughs> It's like another chapter. Just shut of the notes. author down. Read it. Uh, Just read no. the chapter one notes. Just read the chapter one notes. All right, here's the notes for chapter one. Okay, here's the next story. I literally made this entire story based off prompts from a Tumblr post. Another note, Eric's 29 in this. I say this now because it causes a few mm-hmm. jokes later on. Maybe you'll catch them. I didn't catch them. I didn't catch them either. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a couple I, uh, disclaimers about not owning Family of the Opera. We get it. This was right when uh, uh, Anne Rice was in Sue mode. So, Also, um, their disclaimer, all asexuals are different and each have their own preferences, just like anyone else in a different orientation. I don't know why the phrase all asexuals are different makes well, anyone uh, of any sexuality is different. Two straight know. people are completely different from each no, other. I, I know, but just all asexuals are different. It just makes us seem like we're a... A, a, a creature? Yeah, yes. like some like <laughs> some like alien race or something. Like, so I don't know, as, it's weird. As an asexual, not of this world. <laughs> something beyond. No, yes, we, yeah. we are happy with all sexualities, creeds, whatever here. We're yeah. accepting and, of all of them. And they're yeah, all people so, who yes. just like their own things, and that's fine. That's yeah. basically what that disclaimer is. Yeah, it, right. it's just worded weird. And for, for those of you who don't know, I am asexual. So uh, that that just was like, 
it, I don't know. It just was weird. I'm, I'm yeah, not, it, didn't, it didn't make your heart warm and fuzzy. I, I am not offended, but that's just odd wording. <laughs> <laughs> I think what the author is going for is like some people are sex repulsed, some people are not. Yeah, they're not going to explore the whole range of that in this fic. This is not what this is about. Yeah, this right. is not a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this author has uh, several other stories, all where Eric is ace, and it is just chef's kiss. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Are they uh, all like excited. slice of life style? Oh, absolutely. Fix? Oh, okay. I mean, what I saw. Okay, they're all very I didn't similar. Look into um, the author's other stories. I just looked yeah. at this one. Yeah, this author came up quite a bit when I was looking for this story. Oh. So. Yeah, I um, think I saw this author on fanfiction too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, which is nice because I'll be honest, a lot of family opera stories is just banging. Ooh. Like it's all. Oh. Yeah. I it's mean, a it, lot of it. It seemed like when I was looking for stories, there was a healthy amount of like rated G, rated teen. More yeah. innocent content, if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's nice to see more of an adult relationship, uh, kind of explored without. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, without bringing uh, a sexual element into it. Exactly. Exactly. So, quick synopsis. First of all, I want to mention there's a theme here. In the last two weeks. Because this story begins with a shoe hitting somebody. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. It totally I didn't... does. <laughs> wow, Shoes yeah. aren't a thing in Fan by the Opera though, right? That's so no. funny. No, that's not a thing. What a weird coincidence. <laughs> Except this time, it's a small child's shoe hitting Raoul in the face. That's so funny. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it literally hits him in the head. It's great. Poor Raul. He's getting shoe abused. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets like knocked out, which like it was a child's shoe. Like how I like, a roller coaster. Yeah, how tender I mean, I guess what's the velocity on that? I mean, it depends, yeah, yeah, like how fast is that shoe coming down to earth? <laughs> and all, but also like what was the shoe made out of? Was it is was it like a platform shoe? Because that I can understand. It was a baby but, Doc Martin. Yeah, but if it was <laughs> If it was That's like actually a, sick. I like that idea. If it was like a jelly sandal. I don't know. You get hit in the head hard enough with anything. Yeah, feathers can hurt sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Raul and Christine are at a uh, fair. And he's trying to win her a dolphin, which will appear later. And um, he gets hit in the head with a shoe. And that's how they meet Eric and Meg, who is a little, like, uh, eight or nine-year-old in this. I actually can't remember. <laughs> but she's a small child. And Christine and Raul spend the day with Eric and Meg. They ask him to join them in their fair, and they have fun. And then they're like, oh, he's got a kid. Dang it. <laughs> and, like, just write it off as, ah, oh, he's married, whatever. We'll just move on because they are polyamorous. So they don't mind adding another person to their romance. So Eric wins Christine the dolphin and Christine gives Eric uh, her and Raul's numbers to have him call them. And Raul asks 
how did you write down our phone numbers with that stupid dolphin in your arms? Christine sent him a mischievous grin. I had that ready to give to him by the time he agreed to come with us. Um, so they are 100% like, hey. Um, so they end up uh, meeting on Halloween again. And they get to talk to Meg a little bit more. And um, Eric, this is not a very good story to summarize. A lot happens. There's a, I, many they literally, they literally meet every chapter. They meet each other in a random place, like water and are like sad that they can't smooch. And then that's it. And then it goes on the next chapter. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then four. Yeah, rinse, <laughs> no. rinse, repeat. Like it, it's literally just like. Um, we can't be with him because he's married and then they meet again and then it's like oh we can't be with him because he's married I know know. it's like either either just give up already or like have an adult conversation about it exactly exactly um so question yeah go for it I live pretty close to um my best friend Poppy. Ah. We actually grew up like six blocks from each other. Mm-hmm. Or not quite. Yeah, probably. Probably about six yeah, blocks. About. Um and I think in the entire time that we've known each other, we've only seen each other at the store once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> like in in our town that we grew up in. There was one grocery store. Yeah. Like that everybody went to. And yeah, we ran into each other one time. One time. And, and we lived in the same town for 23 years. Like, yes. And then she moved and I moved. And then we were both in another area and we never crossed paths. Yeah. <laughs> and then I moved back to our hometown. And she's, like, just one town away, and we still never, like, I think one time we waved to each other when you were coming back from the train station in your car. But it's, like, very (laughs) rare, like, once a year we might encounter each other outside of a planned meeting. (laughs) But to be fair, I felt like this was, like, a small town situation. Like, it seemed like, like, we're all from, like, a large city-ish they, yeah. It sounded like with their little carnival and their little stores, like he what what he owns a like an antique, antique shop store, yeah, yeah. So it just felt like very small town to me. I don't know. There I was, was not much to do. It was like a Manhattan-y, suburby type. Really, I was thing. thinking like Port Townsend, like that was like in my oh. head. <laughs> actually yeah i was also thinking like astoria or or possibly yeah. like ballard or something yeah i was yeah. i was thinking like smaller town sure. I, I can yeah. tell you like maybe a neighborhood you, yeah. of a city but i didn't think it was small town small town yeah i didn't think of it as small town small town but i thought of it as like a i don't know the suburbs yeah like, maybe Maybe it's like the the old section of our of of uh, my current town. It's like yeah. got all the old shops in it. Yeah, yeah. there's no antique yeah. store there anymore, but there used to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking it was just something like that, where it's just yeah. like a neighborhood within a city or something. Mm-hmm. They didn't seem completely far removed. Otherwise, how does an antique shop make it in a truly small town? 
Because it's doesn't. usually visitors well, no, uh, that yeah. find yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was. it's probably a relatively small town. It's but... ambiguous uh, romantic fantasy town. Yeah. You know, the one you see in all the Hallmark movies. <laughs> I was just yeah. about to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, it. <laughs> so yeah, they keep literally keep meeting and are like, oh, we can't we can't date each other. Yeah. And then eventually um they meet Eric. I think it's I think it's Christine who goes to the antique shop and the dots start going together because he lives there when Meg's father is home. He's like a live-in best friend uncle when he's away. Yeah. And that's I think that's when the dots start to connect. Well, no, because Christine never really connects the dots until... I oh, right. I don't think I'm they sorry, I forgot she was dumb. Until Raul was... He had his little drinking... Oh, yeah, God, they, right. They the so, kid. so, okay, so they, they have this whole, like, comedy of errors, and they keep meeting and running into each other, um, and then uh, they become friends. And so Eric, one day, Christine is in Eric's uh, antique shop. Um, and, called the Phantom Blair, by the yeah, way. Yeah, called the Phantom yeah. Blair. And um, he's wearing the mask of a bet. Yeah. Um, Bad. Yeah, he, uh, he lost a bet. He has to wear a mask. Um, his face is still all all mangled and stuff. Like, um, but so then Eric is like, "Hey, do you mind watching Meg this week this weekend?" Uh, and she's like, "Yeah, sure. No, oh yeah. Uh, they yeah he no he texts Christine because Madame Jiri is." in the shop and her and her husband are going to go on a date and but her husband doesn't want the uh i just eric. keep wanting to call him the phantom uh her husband doesn't want eric to babysit meg because he's like jealous and um so eric texts christine and is like hey do you mind watching meg um tomorrow night or something like that and they're like sure so Raul and Meg Raul and Christine watch Meg and then like Meg says like oh yeah dad's never here and they're like what are you talking about he lives with you and she's like um no he doesn't and <laughs> then they realize that Eric is not actually Meg's dad and he's not married to Madame Jiri and then Raul has a like panic attack and leaves and like gets super drunk i have no idea why he does this and <laughs> he's, he's like, impulsive he Love just, never dies he's just like i feel i'm why am why is he so upset that he found out that the guy that he's in love with isn't married like i don't understand i, I don't know he never I don't learned how to process his emotions like an adult because anyone else would just take a minute and take a deep breath and compare the facts yeah Yeah. so then yeah so it was it was really weird um and then they they get together and yay (laughs) 
<laughs> see, see, look, Poppy should just take over the rest of the episode. I'll, uh, I'll see you guys no. later. No, this is gotta, your story. You are the captain of this ship. No. Can we can we at least discuss the uh, the lettuce uh, scene where they talk about their sexuality in the produce aisle? I know, oh right? my god, it's so good. So again, with the meeting at a grocery store, just meeting random places. So they're in the grocery store, and uh, and Eric helps Raul pick out lettuce. Oh my god. And then Ridiculous. they end up having like, like a so conversation hard. about their uh their sexualities. Including the fact that Raul and Christine are in love with a married man. Yeah. Who, and by then, the way, right. Eric does not connect that dot because no. he's not married. Yeah. He's yeah. Not married. And he's asexual. And <laughs> they do. Like, oh, they I have... guess that's great for you guys. I like you, but okay. Whole conversation a lot of in the happening. Post. So yeah. many assumptions happening. And um, I just, I mean, all it's telling me is this is realistically written because uh, let me tell you that I have never, this is a difficult conversation for two men to have. Very That's difficult, true. especially two mm. like metrosexual men to have. Exactly. And it's always, feelings. let me tell you, gay misunderstanding is a trope for a reason. <laughs> We're <laughs> yeah. bad at this, okay? Um, also, at the the chapter is chapter six. A lettuce bunch is a great place to talk, <laughs> and I just wanted to point that out because what a what a title for a chapter. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so yeah, they um they Eric goes in and rescues Raúl from a literal gutter where he's drunk, and then they have a conversation like adults, and it's amazing. <laughs> And this, isn't how that the end. this isn't at the lettuce no. thing. This is at the end after Raul's drunk. They have like an adult Yeah, no, I'm sorry. After <laughs> after Raul runs away and gets drunk, they they take him home. They try and sober him up. And then they have a conversation over breakfast. And, and then, finally they're adults. It's amazing. Yeah. And then they yeah. have the epilogue. The epilogue where they they buy a house and are happy domestic bliss. Yeah. yeah, they buy a house and also Madame Jiri and Meg live with them too. Yes, which <laughs> was interesting considering the fact that her husband, like the whole story, was because her husband didn't like Eric. But now her husband's okay with Eric because he's in a relationship and he can't steal his wife. Right. Yeah, Someone's which seems a little possessive and insecure. Healthy, you know. <laughs> yeah, especially for a guy that goes on archaeological digs. And just I mean, I guess he's not there all the time to complain. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be a little more secure in your relationship, sir. <laughs> <laughs> or at least you know have a conversation with your wife. I, th- I yeah. think they're having conversations, but I think it's mostly her just like, okay, let's not make this weird for him. Yeah. Yeah. And Eric agreeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they they get a house together and and everybody lives there except for the husband. Because <laughs> he's never around. He has a little broom closet. They have a they have a fold out couch, so you know he can yeah. still <laughs> <laughs> He's um, off being uh I don't know, doing something. He was like a, he's like an archaeologist, archaeologist or an anthropologist. I don't remember which yeah. yeah, one of those. 
And yeah. uh, the ending line is, or one of the ending lines is, who would have thought that Meg not wearing the proper shoes to a carnival would have led Eric to this happiness? And it's Aww. very cute. This was a very cute story. God, this is a good story. However, yeah. it did kind of repeat itself a it lot. It repeated itself a lot, but my big thing with this story, we can get into it more with the writing, was the grammatical errors. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Stabbed me. <laughs> the we'll get there. All right. Uh, plot. <laughs> Let's talk about plot. Plot was adorable. This is a Hallmark movie. It's a Hallmark yeah, movie with yeah, all the really characters. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked I liked the Polly twist. Yes. So is our our polyamorous relationships? Is that something that's explored a lot in the Phantom of the Opera fandom? Um. Usually it's love triangles. Okay. Yeah, the polyamorous, just because um, it's kind of a rarer thing, per se, um, it's not really went through. And if it is, it's not very healthy. This is one of the healthier ones I've ever read. Yeah. Are, are you talking specific to the Phantom of the Opera fandom? or just Specifically, no, 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 no. Okay. Specifically, family opera. There are a lot of different fandoms who do it, and there are some that do it better than others. This, uh-huh. because the basis of this relationship, like the play version mm-hmm. and the book and the movie, is very unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them are very unhealthy depictions. This mm-hmm. is not. This is good. No, this was like a very sweet, wholesome poly relationship that did not have sex involved. Because usually it, when a story yeah. goes poly, it becomes like a really sexual thing. But I like Yeah, it was yeah. nice. It's nice to see because that is the emotional side of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I, again, it's a Hallmark movie. I mean, we're not talking like intrigue and mystery. No, there was you definitely knew what was going to happen next, <laughs> Absolutely. the entire time. But I, but was... I appreciated that it, it took the Hallmark idea and then just put it in this frame of characters with a different kind of sexuality absolutely i mean to relationships i would love some some queer coded some some good polyamory hallmark movies yeah they would sell give them to me <laughs> you'd actually buy them instead of torrent them oh absolutely hey i don't torrent anything hello no i'm sorry why would i say that <laughs> oh my god please strike that from the record you're gonna get the fbi sent to my house but yeah but yeah so it's it's very sappy but i think that it it worked okay there's nothing wrong with a little bit of sap every once in a while yeah and then we did talk briefly about small town versus suburb versus a little vague it's a little vague, but it's also hallmarky again. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely hallmarky. There's some tropes that go along with that, and I think they they fit right into that. Okay, uh, characters. Yes. What'd you think? I um. Oh, I was gonna say something. I was gonna say I especially want to hear from those who do who did not know anything about Phantom of the Opera before. Ollie. I mean, I like the characters. I don't know if they were really in line to, like, the book or the play or the movie. Um, but they were all really, like, wholesome people. And they were, like, they're very cute together. And I really like the characters in this story. Um, and I liked how they went, you know, the point of view was 
Eric, Raul, and Christine. Like, I typically don't like it when they switch between characters, especially more than two. But I think it really worked in the story because they were all main characters. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Yeah, um, I liked... I do feel like you could put anybody's name on any of these characters and yeah. it would work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This could have been like an original work. Exactly. OCs. Exactly. It did. It felt very romance novel-esque mm-hmm. yeah. in that it did feel like it could have been anybody. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like for what they did, I mean, no, they did not stick to the characters well, because Eric is a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Eric, Eric was, yeah. A, was a wonderful gentleman in this. He was. Eric he has some mystery me, about like, him. Dad vibes. Yeah, look, like, they hard, did not. Hard English dad vibes in this. <laughs> they did not stick to the original characterizations at all. And that is okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that one. Yeah, I th- um, I think this the story and the way that the characters interacted with each other was satisfying enough to let yeah. that detail go. And I I was deliberately looking for something that did not have the creepy gross relationship phantom thing happening. <laughs> I specifically avoided that. Mm. Because it's not my thing. That's why I'm like Oh yeah, no, the Phantom's great, but I don't ever want to read it. Though. So it says the pro Phantom person in the group. Pro Phantom as a concept. <laughs> <laughs> so was Eric in like the book or play, whatever? Did he have yellow eyes or like weird well, color eyes or something? If he was like a rat man, that would make sense. Like yeah. In, the, in the story, it, it said his eyes were like golden. I'm like that kind of threw me off because I felt like this was supposed to be yeah. Because you know, usually modern. the closest a real person's eyes get to golden is like amber, like a yeah. medium brown. I'm pretty sure that's what they were going for. Just like amber eyes. Yeah. Mm. I, I want to say he said like oh. yellow golden. I'm just like, is this is he some? Yeah, fantasy in this or something, but no, there wasn't. I I think it's like a Catman or something. Yeah, I think it's referenced, and I think it's part of. I want to say Gerard Butler had pretty light brown eyes, or maybe I'm just really. I don't even know what Gerard Butler's eyes look like. Okay, okay, it looks like it's from the book. Yeah, it's from the book. Ah, okay. Described as having yellow gold eyes. Interesting. So he's a rat man. <laughs> rat boy. See, <laughs> and that's that's why it's so easy to get into like, oh yeah, I like the Phantom because it's like, ha, my little rat man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it looks like it's from the book. Okay. But I just went with it. I was like, all right. Because that's very striking to have if he truly had yellow eyes. Yeah. Like, I would yeah. be like, are you a witcher, sir? Or something like that. Yeah, and, and what they do is they never they never do contacts for whoever's playing the Phantom. Uh-huh. So it's whatever the actor's eyes are. 
Yeah, because yeah. what's the point of having contacts on, no on one a, for a stage no. performance? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Okay. And so his scarring, I'm assuming his brain was not. I'm gonna guess it's probably, um, probably some of the more, or sorry, less like horrifying version. Yeah. So he just has just like some facial scarring. Yeah, I'm sure it's like, like I'm, I'm sure it's like Prince Zuko level. Yeah, that's what it's <laughs> that's what it sounded like in this story. Like they did not describe exposed brain. You know? Yeah, I was so. like, if he had exposed brain, I would be so worried for him with germs and everything. Like he should have something yeah. covering that. Had a full head of hair in this. Yeah, and even even the the show that I sent you guys, even that went way harder than like the movie did. The movie barely did anything. The movie barely did anything. So he just the had like one or two scars on his face or The something? movie was Prince Zuko. It, like one side like of his burn. face no. was red. Every, a little bit more than that, but uh, yeah. Every time I think of Prince Zuko, I think of that Island Players episode where they're like, nice Zuko costume, except your scar's on the wrong side. <laughs> my scar's not, not on the wrong side. inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> he got so worked up about that. <laughs> but yeah, I would I would say it's probably more Zuko lines. Okay. Than than anything else. All right, that's not bad at all. Because that's usually uh, I've noticed, especially with this fandom, um, everyone is pretty grossed out by the face. Yeah. It's designed to be unpleasant to look at. Mm-hmm. Hence so a lot the of mask. the art. Yeah, hence the mask. So, so a lot of the art actually downplays it very, very heavily. So it is very Zuko-esque. So what yeah. is the canon face? Uh, is there a canon face? Or yes. is everyone just... what? Can I see this canon face? Yeah, I can be a minute. Can you share it with the people? I'm sure they're curious as well. I sent you the link. And I'm going to read you the excerpt from the book. Okay. Uh, so what I sent was uh, Lon Chaney... Phantom of the Opera from the 1925 movie, okay. which is considered the most accurate to the book. Oh, okay. Okay, in the original novel, Eric is described as corpse-like and is referred to as having a death head throughout the oh. story. He has no nose, eyes that are sunken so deep that, is all, that all, is, yeah, all is seen are two skull-like eye sockets, except when his golden eyes glow in the dark. Skin that is yellow and lightly stretched across his bones, and only a few wisps of dark brown hair behind his ears and on his forehead. So nothing about exposed gray matter? No. Okay. <laughs> he looks like Benjamin Button. Oh, I was going to say he looks like Dracula, but... <laughs> yeah. He looks like Dracula and Benjamin Button put together. Like, he's, he's a middle-aged guy that looks like a really old man. And it's his whole face in the in the yeah. original. Yes. Not just half. So so yeah, um that is as close to the original book in content. Considering this movie came out uh fifteen years after the book was released. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, also, uh fun fact, so it in the book I'm pretty sure the Phantom had a full mask. Uh, yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So he, yeah. So the Phantom had a full mask, but for stage, you can't hear anything when someone has a full mask on. So that's why they reduced it down to that half mask, so that yeah. they can oh, still sing. Snap. 
for a yeah, while, so I, many things today. For a while, I think it was actually like, uh, it got it was a full mask down to the nose, and then it went around the mouth on both sides. Oh, okay. I think that was one of the movie adaptations or one of the screen adaptations. Interesting. Um, and then they did the half mask for stage. Yeah, yeah. They also tried to do like a half, like uh, like a half mask from like the uh the nose up, like mm-hmm. that, like complete covering like that. But it was still hard to sing in that. So then it was the the one side of the face. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool to see that the evolution of that was just inspired by <laughs> being able to get your actors to sing properly. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah, the um the exposed like grain matter and all of that was is all created for the stage version. Oh, okay. The original, I mean, you could see from the picture I sent, but the original had hair and yeah. Yeah, he, he I mean that makes more sense than Yeah, no someone, the... I can imagine someone from a child growing up looking like this than someone just having exposed brain bits and whatnot from infancy. That yeah, it's, it's because you have to be able to see the deformity from the audience. Mm, okay. You know, from the cheap seats you have to be able to see what's the happening. Yeah. <laughs> the nosebleeds. Quote unquote cheap seats. <laughs> Yeah, the cheap seats that are a hundred dollars instead of six hundred dollars. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's probably I again. A lot of the fandom likes to tone it down a little bit because uh. Yeah. So it's very like Zuko. Okay, so just like a hot guy with facial scars. Bingo. Is the Eric in this? Absolutely. And and this is like the version of him that a lot of the fandom use as a visual of him. Absolutely. To represent. Okay. At least from what I've seen. Maybe there's some like niches. That's what it seems like. Um, Because the stories that I read, they don't necessarily describe. They say that he's kind of horrifying, but they don't say in what way. Yeah. A lot of those, a lot of these stories take from the stage show. Okay. But I do think that they downplay the gross. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these are like he's hot and I want to date him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's a little, there's a level there. And so talking about characters, I was not crazy about the dad vibes that Eric was giving off and the way that he was treating. Raul and Christine like he, he kind of mm. talked to them like children a little bit yeah he like yeah. especially at, in the epilogue he like yeah I think that scene in the epilogue is what kind of cemented it to feel a little weird for me I think that was the only thing that was kind of weird to me about their relationship is yeah. he was older but it almost yeah, felt but... like he kind of looked he was twenty nine. I know yeah. he was. I know he wasn't that much older. He wasn't. But he, was older. he was like five years older than them. And like, and for whatever reason, the author wrote him at the end almost like a dad figure separating two kids. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. To me personally, that wouldn't be hot if I was dating someone <laughs> and they talked to me like that. I would be like, I'm sorry, sir. We're done. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic. 
that I think that a lot of the fandom tends to touch on because I think in the play there's like a 20 year age difference between Eric and Christine yeah which if you're gonna change their ages get that to toss the dynamic out we don't need that yeah I I think that was my only complaint character wise other than that I thought characters are great and isn't Meg Christine's best friend or something yes yeah okay I was thinking that and they repurposed her as a child yep yeah okay repurposed yeah in in the In the play, I believe they're the same age, or Meg's yeah. a little younger. Yeah, I know that they were both dance line girls yeah. when they started. Yeah. Which, I mean, I didn't have a problem with this. There's a lot of fandoms that will repurpose a character or someone's best friend as someone's child, which is mm-hmm. very random. But I wasn't invested enough in the fandom to care that Meg became a child. And, and yeah. look, no disrespect to Meg, but she's not very charactery anyway. Yeah, she didn't seem like she had a big part. She was just someone who happened to have a name. Yeah. In the play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anything else we want to add about the characters? Now that we talked about the Phantom's face for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, in regards to Eric and Christine, they were both very immature. Yeah. Like, it was kind of odd. Like, they're both adults. They're They're... What they say they're in, they're like twenty three, twenty four, um, yeah. and they well, live together. They have an apartment together, but they just acted very childlike. I know, almost like they're teenagers. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, Raul and Christine. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, not the not the Phantom. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they were definitely immature, but I see couples like that. Yeah, a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I will be silly with people, but that's definitely not out in public for the world to witness. That's like on my personal time, I'll be silly SG. But yeah, it yeah. seemed like they just didn't have a filter on it. But I mean, I see people like that all the time. And I wonder, like, is your relationship going to last? Because it seems like you're just having little immature fights and picking at each other. But some couples are like that, and they're yeah. oddly perfectly well, happy doing that. I mean, they didn't even have, like, little fights. I mean, they kind of did, like, about the dolphin, but, like, they, I don't know, just the way that they acted around, like, each other and around other people. They were just very immature. And it was I think odd. I think this was a characterization created by the author. Yeah. Because yeah. I've no, read, I read, I read some of their other stuff. And literally, like, a month after they wrote this story, they wrote a story where uh, Raul and Christine were 17. Sure. That and would make more sense. the Phantom was older. Oh, that's mm. weird. Yeah, there's a reason I went, mm, and walked away from that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that would make sense in that characterization. Yeah. Especially a month later, just to have another 12-chapter story. Yeah, that very similar. Yeah, it was a very similar vibe. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, and and the fact that Poppy brought up that they're immature that offset Eric's like dad vibes. Yeah, the dad the dad vibes were strong. Yeah, yeah, like that definitely highlighted it to a new level. The fact that they definitely needed some sort of mature mm-hmm. reigning in to their behavior. So, anything else? Yeah. No. Okay. So, the writing. Now, SG, I know you have something to say. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> there was spelling issues. There yeah, was grammatical issues. There were weird instances where the author added in sentences of details that were not necessary at all to move the story further. And they phrased these sentences in such a way that it was just horrid to read. I don't, but I, I, I really thought the story was cute, but the writing was very disappointing. Yeah. And there was also like, they talked very formally sometimes and it was like kind of unnecessary considering they're supposed to be, you know, familiar with each other and, well, I know Eric I don't know. talked really formally, but like even even um, Christine, at certain points was just it sounded like it just didn't sound natural. Like maybe that was it. I think this when they when they talked to each other like just the speech didn't sound natural, coming from you know some young twenty somethings that acted the way that they acted. Yeah. 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 I think they were trying to incorporate the language from the show, which is fine, but mm. you know, the 1900s is not the same yeah, as modern is... suburbia. Yeah. Um I thought I thought the writing I I will agree on all the points about the spelling and the grammatical errors for sure. Um but I'm also the kind of person who can kind of tune those out yeah i definitely had tuned them out it didn't bother bother me as much as which oh, is it interesting bothered me. <laughs> it bothered me so much i'm, <laughs> I'm think i so used to like really bad like fan fiction well that's why i that like it you do you me. do choose the weird ones you do ollie yes. like my my threshold for that i'm like no like if i was reading this on my own if if I got through two paragraphs and there were sentences that made no sense, I'd be like, I'm done, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Even though, I mean, I'm glad I stuck through because the premise is very cute. Right in. Oh, I just, I realized the author has like notes on every chapter. They have notes on every chapter yeah. and they called out <laughs> answers to all of the comments that people left. Uh, I yeah. think, which is a very, it's a sign of the time for sure. Yeah. And it's just nice to see, you know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, have a problem. I think with this was one that. of their first stories too. Oh. I, I think so. Yeah, they summarize every single chapter. Yeah, at the beginning of the chapter. Yeah, it's like their third story. So yeah. Hmm. I don't know what has changed um, hmm. between then and now, but. I can imagine that they've evolved a little bit. They've grown. Absolutely. And they seem to be putting out 20, you know, 15 chapter stories. That's a lot. That's like a full side hustle. Yeah. It's a lot of writing. So, and they seem to be pretty consistent with it too. So, hey, if, if, if they can, you know, who knows how they've improved. So it, it's nice to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure they've improved because this was back in 2017. And if they're still mm-hmm. active, good on them. Oh, um, absolutely. It, it's just, 
I, I think this really could have benefited. This is probably one of those situations where the person just, they wrote it and they put it up instead of uh, like double checking their writing or Editing getting through. a beta reader or something. I, I think yeah. if there was a beta reader, they would have told them about these very obvious <laughs> things and, that they were you know, missing. Again, who knows if they've got a beta reader now? I don't yeah, see it, yeah. but... I don't know. This is the only story I've read from them, so this is not a reflection on their writing ability. Just the story could have used some extra love. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking through comments. I'm not going to read all of these. There's 80 of them. Yeah, I know. Uh, this this is a very story. involved um, readership to this story, and they must have yeah, been just fan- like actively following it while the chapters were going out. Mm-hmm. I have to say, Family of the Opera is one of those ones where, again, it kind of survives the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's a here's a um, comment from July of 2020, mm. and the and the author responded. Oh snap! Well, because they're still writing stories, so they're still active. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! What I'm what I'm saying is that this is the kind of this this fandom I've noticed over the years. Mm-hmm tends to be pretty consistent. Like, even if it's an older story, people will find it and they will read it. Mm. As evidenced by myself. Yeah, okay, okay Liam Neeson. <laughs> ha, I will ha, find ha, you ha. and I will read it. I will kill you. Uh, but yeah, they'll, they'll, find, they'll go through the thousands of stories that exist and be like, okay, I want that. Mm-hmm. And I want yeah. that. It doesn't have to be a, a new fandom. And I noticed a resurgence um, cuz this this has been this is fandom's been around forever. But I noticed a resurgence every time they recast someone in the show. Ah. So each time there's a new run of the show, there's like a whoop. Oh, jump. Like a big spike in. Yep. Activity. And the phantom is described differently every time. That's so interesting that he changes so much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I mean, it's obviously a sign that you know they're evolving. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, so a lot of the comments are stuff like "This was so good, how dare you?" What are how dare you? Uh, lots of hearts. Mm-hmm. So. I don't. I don't really see even any constructive criticism. No, because I think that. Um, I mean, this is us nitpicking on the show when we like focus. Oh, in absolutely, on plot but and writing and all of that and characters. But I mean, if if you're just reading this story for the fun of reading it and you're not super bo- bothered by like grammatical errors, then this is a great yeah. a great yeah. option to. Well, absolutely. Lose some time but, in. <laughs> I'm also the kind of person who will be like. Hey, just so you know, this one paragraph was really confusing to read, but I still liked it. Do you do you comment on people's fix? Because I never like I don't engage it with anyone de- on the internet. It depends <laughs> on the fic. Like if it really touches me, absolutely. Or if it is something that like they didn't tag it correctly, oh of course I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, hey, <laughs> tag this. Warn somebody, y'all. I, I don't even use kudos. Like, I just... Oh, I, I'm, a, I'm a kudos fiend. <laughs> oh, yes. Hi. Um, th- Just to point out, uh, you left a kudos on this story because I scrolled yeah, down. Yeah, I, I see your and name. And I saw, I saw your username and I was like, wait a sec. 
It's like, I know this person. Yeah. <laughs> what, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, you're the most recent kudos on this story. Oh, I literally just, it said, just said thank, oh, because I'm not logged in. That's why. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it just said thank you for leaving kudos. Yeah. No, I'm I'm a kudos fiend. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm like, okay, if it's not, if it's not like, oh my god, I have to leave a comment. Kudos. Yeah, like I, it's Absolutely. very rare that I'll even like a Twitter post. Like that's, how, <laughs> that's how unresponsive I am on the internet. <laughs> um, but but yeah. So, how well did they stick to the fandom? Uh, not at all, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, all. yeah, but they didn't. Eric's a much better person. Yeah, there is nothing wrong with going off the grain, especially if it's uh-uh. something as well known as Phantom. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Please. Under the guise of a Hallmark film. Make up whatever you want at this yeah. point. This story has been told so many times. Just make it different. Throw a dart at the wall and whatever <laughs> sticks. <laughs> do we want to do we want to give it a rating or do we have any thoughts? Any extra thoughts? thoughts? There, was, there was one weird Uh-oh. comment that the author made. Uh-oh. So it was about Christine was out with, um, she was out and that guy was hitting on her and then Mm -hmm. Eric helps her out. And this is the next chapter. So, um, it goes, Christine was sulking. She knew it. And it's in chapter five. So it's right at the beginning of the chapter. And then I'm going to go down a little bit. And then Christine goes, and then it goes, Christine was sulking. She knew it. Something happened at work. Today being no exception. Christine didn't want to go back to her apartment because she knew that Raul would be concerned and try to cheer her up. She saw nothing wrong with him doing that, but for now she wanted to wallow in her guilt. Then she'll go home and try to feel better. She wasn't planning on getting drunk either. Maybe a slight buzz at most since she had to drive herself back. She guessed that it was a good thing that it was Wednesday. The police are less on high alert for people who drink and drive. Not that she was going to drink that much. What a random... I, yeah, I did. I just noticed <laughs> It was an interesting um, thing. And it was also interesting that I'm fairly certain I'm going to find it. Um, yeah, the reason she was at the bar is because somebody died. Yeah, 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 it's like, because uh, she's a nurse or a yeah. Yeah. care worker or something. Yeah, and so it was like, oh, I'm not going to drink and drive. Of course not. And then it's like, yeah, I'm here because somebody died. I'm like, uh, it's like, okay. where did this come from? Yeah, it, yeah. it was just it's... weird going through her mental gymnastics that the author yeah. wrote for her. She wasn't planning on getting drunk. She guessed that it was a good thing it was Wednesday. The police are less on high alert for people who drink and drive. And not that she's going to drink. That's just, like, yeah. such a weird yeah. sentence. Yeah, and, and also, uh, I did, like, there was no mention that she was a nurse until this chapter, and that they never mention it again. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and it was a weird insert to be like, oh, I'm here drinking because somebody died. Yeah. She could have just been in the bar. Yeah. She could have just been in the bar. What I'm wondering is, is this a real thing that on Wednesday the police are less on high alert? No, no, I don't think so. The police are always on alert. They should always be on alert. No, I don't. I don't think that's an actual thing. 
Yeah. I, I just thought that was very weirdly specific, like an oddly yeah. specific detail. Like a Wednesday of all to days. To bring up whilst, while the author is writing her inner monologue about considering whether to drink and drive or not drink and drive. Yeah. Just for the record, never drink and drive. And that was one of those weird instances where the author, instead of spending that time capitalizing on her thoughts about drinking and driving, maybe go into more detail about how this person died at work. Yeah. yeah. But like her actual emotional state and not yeah. just I am sad. <laughs> I am sad. This is the self destructive behavior I will engage in. <laughs> now I'm gonna flirt with this man. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah. Although I will I will call it and just again, this was twenty this was four years ago. Yeah. I'm gonna call it as hopefully it has improved. And there's less of that. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. So, did we want to give it a rating? Yes. Okay. I, I guess I will go first. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to give it a three and a half. Ooh. Which mm. is kind of low for me. Um, especially for something that I did enjoy. But I don't think it was as well structured as it could have been. Yeah. I think it kind of bounced around. I think that the actual connections between people were weren't explored as much as they could have been. Um but I like to think that they've improved and I I want to read more of their stories. So 3.5 Nice. I give this story three masks out of five. Um, yeah, it was it was cute. It was a cute story, but it was repetitive. Um, and but I I don't know. I I did I did enjoy it. Like grammatical errors and spelling issues aside, I uh, did enjoy the story. I would agree. I also like the story. Um, this is actually kind of the type of stories I read on fan fiction and to just like this light um, kind of romance type of stories is kind of what I'm into. Absolutely. And I read this all in my lunch hour while I was at work. <laughs> <laughs> like I just read it all just very quickly. And it's again, it's a light read, which is which is fine. It was repetitive with every chapter. Um, it's kind of like the same, like oh, what a coincidence, you're here. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, three point five masks, I think, do its justice. All right. And SG, I, I will give it two point five masks for all the reasons that you guys talked about. <laughs> but the spelling was. The spelling and the grammatical errors got me. It it just took me out of it too much. Yeah. But the story was absolutely adorable. So like for concept and everything, Ace underscore Sama, good show. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Fan Fiction Book Club. Our pick this week was Unrequited Love, Blame Assumptions by Ace Sama. You can find this story and more of the author's work on Archive of Our Own. 
theme song is Funko Rama by Kevin McLeod. You can find more of Kevin's music on incompetech.filmmusic.io slash artist slash Kevin dash McLeod. The works discussed on the Fanfiction Book Club are not our own. All characters mentioned belong to the original authors. Until next week. Bye. Bye.